can any other success compensate for failure in the home we look at the present state of things in our city and nation and discover timeless truths that will help us recapture god's original design for marriage and family get ready to be changed father we just thank you so much for what you are doing in our midst and thank you for what you're about to do this morning and even as we hear what your word says concerning marriage and family and father we pray that you will touch every heart every life every home in this place and do wonders oh god make the impossible possible in our lives we pray in jesus name amen amen this whole month the month of february we spend time talking about the home about the role of the husband the wife the parents and uh, this is the last message in the series where where we are talking about rediscovering home rediscovering family rediscovering marriage and going back to what things ought to really be listen to some of the things that are going on in our nation and even in our city when it comes to marriage and the home india our nation still has one of the lowest divorce rates in the world about 0.1% that is one in a thousand marriages that collapse which is a good thing but the trends are changing here's what's happening in a recent study in four major cities on four main cities mumbai pune nagpur aurangabad what we are seeing here is that couples who are seeking divorce are educated people and they're young between 25 to 35 years of age many of these are call center employees medical professionals and those who are working in the technology industry 85% of these marriages they call them off within the first 5 years and separation within the first year of marriage has increased by 30% since the year 2000 What we're also seeing is that a lot more of these divorces and breakdown of marriages are being initiated by women and according to a court law in Allahabad who looks at all these cases he said about 60% of these are for on trivial issues not really significant enough for such things to happen what we're also seeing increasing in our society across our nation is that this whole idea of living relationships on the rise especially among those who are in the professional colleges and in fact uh, a recent ruling that's november 2013 a supreme court bench headed by justice radhakrishnan stated that living relationships are neither a crime nor a sin and so that there seems to be this whole acceptance or even a tolerance to such kind of things within our society extramarital affairs whether it's by a husband or a wife is just becoming more and more prevalent and possibly even more and more accepted seems to be a common thing and right here in our city unfortunately we are the divorce capital of india according to a recent study which was 2012 december 2012 about 25 divorce cases are filed every day in our city while the national average is 
for divorce in Indian marriages, our city has a 30, is 30 times more. We have a 3% rate in divorce and separation. And that is most prevalent among the people between the ages of 20 to 30. So what we are seeing across our nation and more so in our own city here in Bangalore is that there is a whole move away from the institution of marriage and the, and the sacredness of it and the safety and the comfort and the beauty of a home that is intended to be a place of strength for children who would grow up. So really the home is under threat. Marriages and families are under threat. And what we must keep in mind is that marriage and family is central to our society. They are important, probably the most important pillars of society. And if marriage and family breaks down, it will not be too long after that, that the very moral fiber of society is going to disintegrate. And we're going to end up with a city where morality will be a thing of the past. Where people will no longer hold sacred, if not even something that's to be kept intact. And they will just walk away and live lives as they would. We must also consider the trauma and the pain of strife and divorce in the family. Every home, every marriage, of course, will go through challenges. And I don't think any home, any marriage is exempt. There will always be these little quarrels and moments of uh, heated discussions and arguments, but we get over them, we put them behind, we move on. But continued strife, separation, divorce, tears the family apart, more so the children growing up in homes where there is strife, continued strife, or where the marriage has fallen apart and parents are separated or divorced. The emotional pain and trauma, not only on the parents, but even on the children, is immense. You know, if you have a crumpled thousand rupee note, even though the thousand rupee note is crumpled, it still has its value. You can still iron it out and use it. But if that is torn, you can't transact. Nobody's going to receive it. It was a thousand rupee note. It did have its value. But now you can't do anything with it in the market. At the most, you can hope to go to the bank and see if they will be willing to replace it. And they have their own conditions based on which they would replace and turn note. So if there is strife, if there is problems, our objective should be not to tear up the note, but to iron it out. Keep, keep it intact. Work towards that. Don't lose the value of something so important, so precious. So let's talk a little bit about the cause for what we are seeing happen around us. Why is it that homes and marriages and families are under so, so much threat and going through so much turmoil? Why? What is the cause of these things? You know, there could be, and there are, of course, many external factors. And, and I've sat with many families and many uh, uh, people and and everybody has their sets of re set of reasons why things are not going the way they're supposed to be. What is the cause? And, and there are just a whole range of things. It could be finances. It could be just long hours of work. It could just be a lack of understanding. There, there could be lots and lots of external factors that are hitting away at the marriage relationship that are causing the breakdown of the marriage and the home. But when you get a little closer... 
sit down and look at it, there's one thing that we always end up with, and that is the wickedness of our own hearts. The wickedness of man's heart. The real problem is deep inside the person, their heart. Jesus said this in Matthew the 15th chapter verses 18 and 19. He said, those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile, they destroy, they disintegrate the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. It is out of an evil heart that these evil things come. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 17 verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? The heart of man is wicked. And out of that come all these other expressions of it. Selfishness, for instance, is a common expression. People who are looking, if the husband or the wife is looking only for their own interests. I am not feeling happy. My needs are not being met. Selfishness. But selfishness Brings from the heart. A common thing among, among men. Why they walk away from marriage. Is lust. Now of course on the outside. They would use all kinds of excuses. My wife doesn't satisfy me. Or my wife talks like this. And like that. And those are externals. But what's the real reason? It's lust in the heart. Wanting to satisfy his own. Sexual passions outside of marriage. Dissatisfaction that is birthed. Out of. Either selfishness, wanting pleasure for self, putting self more important than the home, the family, or dissatisfaction that's birthed out of lust causes a man to walk away from marriage. And in some cases, it is true also about the woman. So it's the heart of the person. That's the real problem. In some cases, there, there are personal addictions, either addictions and bondages, the man or the, the woman is addicted to certain things. Some, in some cases it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be pornography. All kinds of wrong things that eventually cause the breakdown of the home and the marriage. In some cases it's just violent expressions of, of character, of nature. Things like anger, criticism, bitterness. Which results in violent behavior and abuse at the home. In a 1994 study, and I know this is dated, but yet I think it's an important study by two professors, two psychologists, Cliff Notarius of the Catholic University and Howard Markman from the University of Denver. They studied newlywed couples in the first 10 years of marriage and they observed how they talked to each other. And here's what they found. They found that for couples that ultimately stayed together, Five out of every hundred statements were put-downs or insults. Whereas couples who eventually separated and saw the breakdown of their marriage, initially, ten out of every hundred comments were insults and put-downs. And that kept on increasing until everything went downhill. And at one point when the breakdown actually happened, they noticed that they were five times more insulting to each other than other couples who continued, were able to continue in their marriage. And so they came out with this conclusion that hostile put-downs, that is insults, the way you speak, act as cancerous cells that if unchecked, erode the relationship over time. It is this 
unrelenting, unremitting negativity that causes a marriage to eventually break down. But what is the root cause of that insult, that negative speaking, those constant put-downs in communication? It comes out of a critical spirit, out of bitterness, anger that's carried inside the heart. So whatever the external reason that a person may try to use as, as a cause for this breakdown, ultimately, it's the heart that is the root of it all. And so this morning, there could be some of us sitting here, and you're relating to some of the things you're hearing, and you're saying, you know, my marriage is not where it ought to be, or it's getting worse, or maybe it's on the verge of breaking down, or probably it's already broken down. Or maybe you're separated, or, or you're going through that pain. And I want us to understand that regardless of where things are, if we will have the courage to face up with and address the root of the issues, I believe everything can become near. Just this past week, I think, been working with two different couples and, and again, you sit down closely and talk to them and listen to them and you find the very same problems. Both married for 20 years. But now having problems surfacing. What's the root cause? Just the things we talked about. It's the heart. And so, our message is simply this. If we can deal with the heart, I believe every marriage can be saved. But we must have courage. Not to just make an excuse of the externals. Yes, there are external problems. But the real cause is the heart. So what's the cure for what we're seeing? I believe that we need transformation of the heart. In addition to that, in some cases, we need to be released from personal bondages. Behavior that are destructive to a relationship. And thirdly, having dealt with the root cause and its expressions, we also need the empowering to love and forgive and continue loving and continue forgiving. And we must all admit that this is not possible on our own. We can't do this on our own. Our human ability to love and, and to forgive is, is limited. So we can't do this on our own. When talking about the importance of the transformation of the heart, I want us to understand, you know, that we can cut off the branches of a tree and think we've done a good work. But those very branches will grow up again if we do not deal with the roots. If we want to get rid of a tree, you've got to deal with the roots. Sometimes, and, in, and especially in the couple, these older couples that we're working with, many of them have the same things like, look, we've gone through all this five times in the last 20 years. I said, here's your problem. Each of these five times, you only dealt with the external. You only chopped off the branches and it was okay for some time. But he never dealt with the root. And so it recorded again. You did the same thing again. You never dealt with the root. You just trimmed the branches. You thought everything was okay. Then it happened again. So here's the challenge. Are you willing to deal with the root of the problem? Are you willing to receive a change of heart? That's the root. And if you're, dealing, if you're willing to do, deal with that, the assurance is everything will become new. So this morning I want to just put before us some timeless truths concerning marriage and family and then just lead us into an understanding of how God can deal with the heart of man and then bring about a change that will bless our marriage, marriages, bless our homes and see, and see us progress towards capturing God's original design for marriage and family. 
So what is God's design? What are these timeless truths concerning marriage and family? And I just want to put before us three simple things. First of all, that marriage was designed by God and hence is a sacred institu institution. Marriage was designed by God. It was God who said in Genesis, the second chapter, the 18th verse, it is not good for a man to be alone. I will make a helper that's suitable for him. It was God who came up with this idea. It is God who instituted this whole thing. It's not as a thing of society to be treated lightly. Marriage originated with God. Secondly, it was God himself who performed the first wedding, the first marriage. The Bible records this for us in Genesis, the second chapter, verses 21 to 24. It says that the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he took out one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. And with that rib God, that the Lord had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. Can you imagine this? Just picture this in your mind. God bringing the woman to the man. Nowadays in our marriage ceremonies, we ask the question, who gives this woman to be married to this man? And it's usually the proud father who stands up and comes forward and takes the hand of his daughter and places, this, places it in the hand of the man that she's going to marry. Can you imagine almighty God doing that? He leads Eve to Adam. That first marriage ceremony. And Adam responds, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She'll be called woman because she was taken out of man. And right after that is that great description of marriage. Verse 24. A man, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. God performed the first wedding ceremony. And it is God today who still stands as a witness to every marriage covenant that is made. And he stands with expectation of godly seed, of children who would rise up with the knowledge of their creator and with a heart that is filled with reverence and honor towards their gods. He stands with expectation. And it is he who declares that he also dislikes and hates, a much stronger word, he hates divorce. In Malachi chapter 2 verses 14 through 16, the Bible says, this is what God is saying, the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth. And God is seeing that you're dealing treacherously, unfaithfully. Yet, she is your companion and your wife by covenant. You made a solemn oath, a solemn promise. And God stood as a witness. To that covenant. Verse 15. But did he not make them one. Having a remnant of the spirit. And why one. He seeks godly offspring. God is looking with anticipation. At every marriage altar. He's looking for godly offspring. And then he, therefore he warns. He says take heed to your spirit. Let none deal treacherously. Or unfaithfully. With the wife of his youth. For the Lord God of Israel says. That he hates divorce. For it covers one's garment with violence. I mean, it destroys the person. The entire makeup of the person is violated. Therefore take heed that you do not deal unfaithfully. And breaching God's institution of marriage dishonors God. Hebrews 13 verse 4. The Bible says, 
marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled but fornicators and adulterers God will judge so marriage really was designed by God and it is a sacred institution and no man has a right to devalue it in any manner whatsoever the second important truth for us to understand is that marriage is intended to mirror or reflect the relationship that Jesus Christ has with his church which is an expression of immense love the bible says that christ loved the church so much he gave himself for it and the church is called to walk in submission and reverence to its head jesus christ and so also as a reflection of that as a mirroring of that the husband is called to love his wife and the wife is called to walk in submission and respect and honor of her husband and this is ephesians 5 verses 22 to 25 And the third important point that we must understand truth about the about the home is that the home is a place of quietness and confidence and rejoicing. God designed the home to be that kind of a place, a place of quietness, a place of strength, a place where there will be the voice of rejoicing, of salvation meaning wholeness and well-being. God designed the home to be that. Listen to some of these scriptures in Isaiah 32 verse 18. God says My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation in secure dwellings and in quiet resting places that's God's desire for his people that that's what the home should be like in Psalm 118 and verse 15 the bible says the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous in the tents in the homes and the dwellings of the righteous people what do you find he says there is a voice of rejoicing of salvation. In Proverbs 3 and verse 33 the Bible says the curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked but he blesses the home of the just. God's intent is to bless the home, the family of the righteous. One more scripture here on this in Proverbs 12 and verse 7. The Bible says the wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. This is God's desire for the home that he wants it to be a place of joy, of well-being. quietness a good resting place a place that experiences his blessing a home that will stand even if everything else falls that's god's design for the home but i many of us sitting here will say you know all that sounds good you're reading bible you're reading scripture but my home my marriage my family is far away from something like that what we must understand is that if that's god's design then he will help us experience it he will help us and he will take us into that if we are willing to let him work in us and take us there amen he didn't say all these nice things in the bible about the marriage and about the home and the family just to impress us and say you know i'm sorry you just can't get it no the reason he put that in his word is for us to be able to go into it and actually experience it and live in live there and he's willing to take us there if we are willing to say god i want you to do three things for me i'm willing and i'm inviting you lord to give me a new heart because that's where my problem is strip my heart of everything that's wrong selfishness and lust that sense of dissatisfaction that's birth out of these two things strip my heart of god of the wrong attitudes and feelings of negativity of 
anger, bitterness, hatred, sometimes jealousy, deal with my heart. We must be willing to come to the author and the finisher of marriage to receive his work in our lives as individuals. So let's talk about these three things. Number one, getting a new heart. We need the transformation of the heart. And here's what God promises. He's speaking this in the Old Testament, but this is also reflected in the new. In the book of Ezekiel 36, 26, he says, talking about a future covenant, the new covenant that you and I are part of, he says, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. God says, I can do that for you. If you're willing to work with me, I can do that. As I sat with some of these families, I heard all of the things they had to say. I still look at their situation with hope because I know that there is a God who can change hearts. No situation is beyond redemption. No situation is beyond hope because there is a God who can go to the very core of a person, take out the heart of stone, put in a heart of flesh. He knows how to do it. He's offering, saying I'll do it. Here's something you and I can ask ourselves, those of us who are married, what exists today between your heart and the heart of your spouse? What's growing up right now? What's building up between you, your heart and the heart of your spouse? Is it a wall that's building up or is it a bridge that's being built? A wall that prevents you from speaking? A wall that you can't see across and you have no idea what's going on in our heart or his heart? A wall that isolates you that even though two of you are in the same room, maybe on the same bed, but you feel so distant? A wall that keeps you from sharing your inner feelings and the longings of your heart? What's building up? Or is it a bridge that's being built? A bridge that connects your hearts with love. A bridge of tenderness, of warmth and, affection, and of affection. A bridge of understanding that liberates you to say anything that's in your heart. Your innermost thoughts and dreams without holding anything back. What's developing? What's building? This morning, if it's a wall, before it gets too late, we need to go to God and say, God, tear down that wall. Change our hearts. Don't say, change my wife's heart. Or change my husband's heart. No. Change my heart. Change our hearts. So that this wall that's being built between our hearts will come down. If it's a bridge that's being built, celebrate it. And say, God, work even more. So that with time and through the years, there's a strong bridge that, that is built. So we really come to that place when the two are really one. That we can really share everything and anything that's in our hearts and not fear. Some of us may need to be released from personal bondages and addictions because these are the very things that are destroying our home, our family, our marriage. This man that I was talking to, I thought, spent some time with his daughter and this man's gone away with another woman and he's... He's saying, okay, I'm going to send money home. I'll take care of everything at home. The teenage daughter said, I don't need your money. We need a dad. We don't need your money. We need a father. Some people are so caught up in their own bondages. They know what they're doing is wrong. This man says, I know what I'm doing is wrong, but I can't come out. Helpless. That's destroyed the home. The Bible tells us so clearly 
that there is someone who can deal, who can lay the axe to the very root of the problem. He goes deeper than any psychologist can go. He goes deeper than any pastoral counselor, counseling can do. It's Jesus Christ. About his ministry, the Bible says in Matthew 3 verse 10, even now the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Here's someone who doesn't come to trim the branches so that the same problems keep on recurring. Here's someone who can lay the axe to the root. You're willing to let him do it. Jesus said, if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. And it is this message of hope that we can give to any man, any woman who says, I'm in a bondage, an emotional bondage that I can't get out of. I'm an addictive behavior I can't get out of. This is our message of hope that there is someone whose name is Jesus Christ. If you will give him a chance, he will lay the axe to the very root of it. He can do it. And he will. And it is this same Lord who empowers us to love, forgive, and keep on loving. Some of the situations we've faced in life are very hard. Humanly, you can't forgive. How could this 19-year-old accept her father even if he was to come back after what he's done? There's one answer and only one. The power to forgive and the power to love in spite of all that has happened comes from the Lord. He works in us by his Holy Spirit and the Bible tells us this, that the fruit of the Spirit, this is what the Holy Spirit produces in us, is love, the God kind of love. An unconditional love, the love that is willing to forgive and forget no matter how deep the hurt, no matter how severe the pain, no matter how intense the turmoil. This love that comes from the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, kindness and patience and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. These things are beyond our human ability to produce. But thank God, by His Spirit, He releases these things in our lives and empowers us to do that. The God who changes us will also empower us to live and experience what He designed for marriage and family. So get ready to close. I want to put, for, put before us this question. Can any other success compensate for failure in the home? Today, many of us think it can. We go after success in the workplace, making more money, and I'm not against those things. God is not against those things. But we cannot neglect our own marriages and our own homes. Other lives are at stake. This morning, if any of us feel that we need help with our marriage, our home, our family, I want to, I want to invite us to come to the author and the finisher. The initiator and the perfecter of the marriage and the family. We need to come to him and say, Lord, I need you to help me do this right. We may need to ask him to deal with our hearts. We may need to ask him to deal with our personal bondages and addictions and things that are actually destroying our marriage. We may need to ask him saying, God, give me more of this grace to forgive, to love, and to keep on forgiving and to keep on loving. Until my home, my marriage can become what you've designed it to become. Could we rise up to our feet please this morning? It's possible that some of us present here, maybe we've already 
gone through a lot of pain, a lot of turmoil in our homes. Maybe some of us may have already gone through separation and divorce. And in preaching this morning, it's not my intent in any way to bring any sense of condemnation on any one of us. God is not the God who condemns us. He's the God who loves us and releases us. So what's happened in the past is past. We can't change. But there is a God who makes all things new. There is a God who's willing to work in our here and now. And who's willing to work with us. To give us hope for our future. Would you look to the Lord this morning. For a new beginning. Would you say Lord change my heart. Strip me O oh Lord God of. These root causes of selfishness or lust. Or any other form of evil. There's anger or hatred or unforgiveness. God deal with my heart or if you know that there are certain things in your life that are actually destroying your marriage addictions personal things that you're bound to and would you pray unashamed saying God could you lay the axe to the root of this thing in my life could you set me free so that I can be truly free right here this morning it's not our intent to embarrass anyone put shame on anyone all I ask is that we be honest before God as the worship team just leads us in a time of waiting on the Lord whoever you are would you take a moment to pray please just between you and the Lord Jesus Christ and say God deal with my heart deal with these things in my life Lord that are actually destroying my marriage my home my children family help me to rediscover to recapture your design for my home for my marriage for my family I believe that if we simply pray and invite him to do the, do the work he will start a work this morning and he will complete it he will perfect it he will do it so would you take a moment just to pray as you're standing here this morning between you and the Lord Jesus Christ would you pray invite him to work in you as a young man as a young woman you're not yet married you're looking forward to the day and the time and you will be married the greatest thing that you can do is to come into your marriage with a heart that is empowered by the Holy Spirit to love, to be kind, to be gentle, to walk in peace. So would you also pray and say, God, deal with my heart. Strip out here and now anything that, we, that would be detrimental to the marriage I would enter into. Deal with the root of the things in my life. And let the fruit of the Spirit Increase in me as a person. Would you pray a prayer like that? This is my desire. I worship you, I worship you Lord.
be broken in the name of Jesus. Let these homes be free. In the name of Jesus. Oh, let your anointing bring about change. In every home, in every family, God, we pray. Father, we just want to thank you for a new beginning, for a new day, and for a new season. In every home, every marriage, every family, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Say this with me. My God makes all things new. Let's say it again. My God makes all things new. Amen. Go expecting everything to be new. Amen. God bless you. Rediscover God's design for the home, the family, the marriage. Let's move in. Let's journey in to what God designed for us in our homes, our families, and marriages. God bless you. Let's just get ready to close with a benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. Lift up His countenance on you and give you His peace, abundant peace, in Jesus' name. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.